Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 300 for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. How's it going, onesies? How are you doing? Huh? That's the same question twice, just said a little different. What is the One Man Podcast, you might be asking? If somehow you've stumbled across it out of your own, you know, organic way, um, the One Man Podcast is me, Josh Williams, comedian, uh, brand ambassador, earthling, just telling you what's going on with me personally, professionally, any funny, interesting things I have going on. It's kind of like my, uh, my journal, my, uh, you know, little time capsule. So someday I can listen back and go, wow, Josh, you were still stupid then. Um, <laughs> I didn't get dumber. I just didn't get smarter. Um, but that's what it is. So thank you for joining me. I will let you know what is going on with me. I'm going to tell you guys about an activation that I did like less than eight hours after getting back from my trip to Playa del Carmen. I watched episode three of the last of us. And I'll tell you about that. I will tell you about, uh, a dinner I had with my buddies. My buddies took me out for my 40th birthday. A little, just how you doing, buddy? Let us, t- let us buy you a steak dinner, have a little chit chat. Um, I, uh, yeah. And that's kind of it. I'll just let you know what's going on with me. We'll, uh, we'll get through this one. It's not uh, a ton of interesting stuff. Huh? Isn't that a way to pitch my show? Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's not going to be interesting. Um, I think it'll be fine. It's just, it's just what I did this week, guys. It was a, it was a busy week. I did five full day activations. So, um, this is the 300th episode too. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's not, uh, not a big celebration. Uh, not like the 200th. And the reason being is that the podcast has been very inconsistent, uh, for the last while. So as I fill in these old episodes that are due to you, and as I promise, I will have them all to you guys. Um, I think it's just, Hey, uh, the 300th episode as of the time that it'll be posted, isn't even the 300th. It's like the 200 and something episode. And by that, I just mean that there's, there's plenty of gaps. So, um, I hope to be back on track and everything's just weekly hunky dory. By the time we get to 400 and we'll have a big 400th episode celebration, celebration, celebration bash. I'm going to get through my speech therapy and we're going to, you know, move on with our lives. Um, so let's just start with, uh, let's do the, the big one. Um, I did a, a, a grand activation for Metro, uh, grand reopening, if you will, for a, a Metro, which is a giant grocery store chain in Canada. One of the biggest, uh, in a little town about 30 minutes away from Ottawa called Arnprior. And I don't know anything about Arnprior. I'm sorry. So I can't be like, you know, Arnprior's a former mining town or I, I got nothing on them. I got nothing. Uh, Arnprior's a little town. Um, I've done shows in Arnprior and everything in the way. Um, it's, it's a nice little place, uh, but they were, they were having a, a big grand reopening for their Metro and, uh, yours truly got hired 
uh, to, to be the supervisor <laughs> suckers. Uh, no, it was great. Um, basically it was five days and it started on Wednesday. So Crystal and I got in from Playa del Carmen. Our flight landed at like one o'clock ish or, or 1230. I don't know. We got in and by the time I got home, it was like one 30 in the morning, maybe two o'clock by the time I fell asleep and I had to be in Arnprior for uh, 10 AM, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the person asked me like the night before, Hey, can you be there for nine 30 to pick up? coffee. They're doing like a, like a staff appreciation day for one. So basically this activation ran from Wednesday to Sunday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And normally with these things, the Saturday, Sunday is the biggest because that's the weekend. That's when people are off. Um, but they kind of did all their big stuff during the week. Um, but I will proceed to tell you. So basically, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the first day was going to be Luckily, it was only till like two in the afternoon. So it wasn't me too, too bad because again, we had been flying all day and I didn't sleep particularly well. Um, excuse me. Hmm. I'm still fighting something. And this is much later. Well, a couple of weeks after, after these events that I'm recording this, but, um, I was for, for, for my loyal listeners, they're gonna be bouncing around all over the place going like, okay, I kind of have an idea what's going on in this and that. But, um, if you just happen to be listening to it chronologically, uh, I am still sick even further. Like I, I'm taking a long time for me to get over whatever I have, um, which is still up in the air. So I, um, basically I drove there. Um, it was snowing, but I think, I don't think the snow got real bad until the following day. So coming back from tropical paradise to, oh, it's Canada and the weather's getting cold, uh, you know, quick and the snow's falling again. So again, driving out of town, country roads ish, ish, there's a highway, but it's, it's, it takes less uh, priority for the plows. Um, I remember the first day we got there, they did not have the Tim Hortons order, uh, ready. Um, so basically I had to sort of sit around while they filled these giant crafts with coffee, lug them out to the car, brought them into the staff room. I got to meet, um, Sandy and Veronica. Um, one of them was my boss from the marketing company and the other one was the, you know, client from Metro and the, the, I guess PR or whatever. I don't have her time, but then the marketing events director person, both super awesome people, uh, love meeting them. Um, over the course of a few days, I started joking around with them and stuff like that. And they, they liked me very much to the point that they've asked me to kind of, if I'm willing to travel, be their regular grand opening guy, which I think is great. Um, so that's just a great little side thing. And, and in the coming weeks, you will hear more episodes about me talking about uh, traveling. I've actually got something else booked with them already on the calendar for the end of February. Um, so what's cool is the first day, like I said, we brought coffee up to their staff room. It was a tiny little staff room. Um, but we had a giant cake that they had, uh, made, um, coffee and we ordered in a bunch of like sandwiches, like wraps, uh, bread, like, like tons and tons and tons of different things. There must've been no word of a lie. Jesus. I would say 20 big, you know, plastic, uh, containers. I don't even know what to call them. Like the serving trays, right? There's giant sandwiches, probably 10 sandwiches on each tray. And there was over, I, I would say 20 is being conservative. So there was just shitloads of sandwiches and they never got anywhere near through them. Cause they're like, Oh, there's gonna be a ton of employees, a ton of guests in from head office, which there was. Um, but there was not, um, really, uh, there was, there was pff, realistically 10 to 20% of the food got eaten. Um, 
so, you know, the first day they're like, Hey, take, take them home with you guys. Right. So for myself, my, my brand ambassador team, um, I was working with Steph who was actually my counterpart to the Santa Claus uh, photography thing. So Steph was, was there with me and she's an amazing worker and my buddy Sanjay, who was also working with me on the Santa Claus event, uh, at Rito center. So I got to work with two reps, um, from the, from the big program I had just finished off, uh, around the holiday season. And, uh, and then two reps that I've worked with, you know, here and there or whatever. Um, so it was cool to, to, you know, I'm not full of brand new people and pe- with people who know what they're doing, whatever. Um, so it was just a kind of a simple activation. Literally our job was kind of like, make sure that, that the sandwiches are all nice on a table presentable, you know, make sure everybody has, you know, coffee. Like I literally had one person kind of like rocking the coffee station, to like get people coffee. Uh, Sanjay was cutting cake. Steph and I were just basically, basically cleaning the table to make sure it was nice with sandwiches. Like once, once a tray was almost empty, you know, just grab the top sandwiches, put them on, on the next tray and get them out. It was just, it was simple. And I'm not going to lie. I'm glad it was that simple because, uh, I was running on fumes. I had just got back from my flight. So day one to go easy was great. I got to meet Sandy. She was super uh, amazing. And she's a great person to work for because she's the kind of boss that isn't just like sitting at a table on her laptop and then like telling you to do things. First off, um, She's there just because she cares about the event, which is amazing. But a lot of these times your boss isn't there. They send you an email. They're like, do this, do that. They'll call you a few times to make sure everything's gone their way. But I guess because in a lot of activations, um, I, I tell my, my new reps all the time, 90% of the thing is to just show up. A lot of people just don't even know they're showing up, but they're not, they're not very resourceful. If something happens, if like, you know, if you're supposed to, oh, make sure you get this thing, um, and, and use it. So it's, if it's not there, everyone's like, oh God, what do we do? So I think within, I'm going a little quick guys and I apologize, but in the marketing stuff, like just to throw it out there again, I, I am in what's called experiential marketing, right? So when you see an ad on TV, yeah, that's marketing, it's advertisement. Um, but it's not in the experiential side. So experiential marketing is when you come to a place or when you go somewhere and there's something going on, we call it an activation, getting people excited and everything like that. So, you know, when you get free samples out or you're, you know, people are giving away free coffee or, or, you know, Hey, come try PlayStation VR. It's all about having an experience and the marketing that way. So you, you basically, you know, get to try the product, whatever, even just having free samples of booze in a liquor store. You know what I mean? That's, that's experiential marketing. You tried it, you got to experience the product and, and that's, that's how it's being marketed to you. Right. First time's always free, that kind of thing. So that's what I do. I I do events and, um, and a lot of the times the people that you're getting at these events are young and they try to make them good looking so that it's part of, you know, that's one of the things of advertising works. But the only thing is that a lot of times when someone's 20 years old and they've never worked another job before that, when there's fires to put out or something's not going a certain way or something breaks or whatever it is, they're just kind of like, Oh, what do I do? The sky's falling. Right. Um, and also I do have to say this, that something I've just noticed in my experience is like I said, 90% of the job is just showing up is that a lot of these young people, maybe they've never worked anything before. And that's a part of your life, at least from my experience and the people I've talked to and, and having been at that age at one point, um, I noticed that a lot of people, you know, will go out drinking on a Friday or Saturday night. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, big revelation. No, I, I mean, they go out drinking and then what happens is they just don't want to go to work the next day. Cause oh, I got to be somewhere and I'm going to be out in the cold or just, it's going to be loud. I'm hungover. I don't want to go to work. And so they'll just call in sick, quote unquote sick, or, or they've got an excuse. They bail effectively is what they're doing. They're bailing on the gig. And I don't know if they realize how bad that is. Um, you know, because this isn't like you're working a cashier job at Tim Hortons. Like I never... I never really gave a fuck about any of the jobs that I had when I was young, which is, which is hilarious looking back 
because I think that at my point, oh, here we go. I'm thinking to myself, these episodes are gonna be 30 minutes because I'm playing catch up, but I'm like, but every time I think an episode's gonna be short, I start running my mouth and I go off track. And then before I know it, they're an hour and a half long. So, um, yeah, like when I was young, I, I never really gave a shit about my jobs. I am a lazy guy in general. Like I don't want to work. I would rather stand on stage for an hour every night and make the same amount that someone who works hard all day makes all week, you know? Um, but I, I, uh, I remember when I was young, I think part of it trying to be like trying to be accountable and trying to sincerely look inside is I'm like, I didn't want to work in the grocery stores or the dish pits or, or any of the places that I really worked. Right. It didn't feel fulfilling to me. And so I think the, the, the idea with some young people that were at least like myself is that you, you feel like if you try hard at a job, it's like you're, it's like you're leaning into it and you're, you're setting up roots. I think that's what was going on. Like I, I wasn't consciously aware that maybe my was thinking that I was just like, why am I trying to do a good job? I don't want to be here forever. So it's like doing the bare minimum, whatever there, there may have been an element of that, you know, just trying to be honest with myself, but um, it's just so funny that like, but every job I had where it was like entry level, right? Cashier, uh, you know, stock boy, everything was entry level for me. And, you know, and when I dropped out of high school thinking like, oh, I got jobs and I keep getting jobs. I can, I can, whatever. I guess I got, I got bullshit my way into a job. Someone's like, oh, you can do the job. And I could, I could do it. I didn't a lot of the times I got fired from a lot of jobs. Um, tardiness has been like the biggest thing for me. I do not manage time well. And I finally have, um, some insight into that. I may have mentioned this in the podcast or I may have just made, mentioned this in conversation. I talk a lot guys, so I can't remember a lot of time. Did I tell you, or did I just tell someone else in conversation is I listened to this guy having a conversation. Um, it was like a little Instagram story or something like that guy. And the guy was saying like, um, one of the things that he, you know, um, that he hates about his wife is that she's always late. She's always just tardy. It's not like super late, but she's just always late. She's always tardy. Da, 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 da. And he's like, Oh, I wish she wouldn't be or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But he was saying that like, I, I, but one of the things I love about my wife is she's so spontaneous and she's so adventurous and everything like that. And he was saying like, I learned later that one of the things about people who are spontaneous and stuff like that is that they're very, they're very bad at time management. And so me wanting my wife to, you know, be more, uh, you know, be more on time, whatever would, would, would be to like, to try to alter and take away one of the things that I love about her. So I've learned to like, accept that that's kind of just something that comes with it and whatever. And I think that I'm, I, I know I'm super spontaneous and adventure stuff like that. However, I, I am very bad with time management. I am, um, I can, I can do a good job of guessing how long something should take, but when the ADD kicks in and the distractions and the phone calls and all those other things, like I'm, I'm really bad at it. And, um, I will allot myself exactly the amount of time that I need for things. And then nothing more. And then so, so that I can be at work like two minutes before. So I'm frequently five minutes late for, for work, even now, you know, um, I've even said that to bosses, like when they've hired me in the last like decade, they like, what's a weakness. I go, I will be consistently one to two minutes late. Um, I said, I won't be 10 or 15 minutes late. I will be consistently one or two minutes late, just late enough to be technically late. So just so you guys know that I'm like, if you can live with that, I'm like, I'm never going to bail. I'll show up for my shifts. I won't call in sick, but I will be consistently one to two minutes late all the time. Um, as if you can live with that, that, that will be me anyways. Um, so getting back to like, you're talking about marketing kids, Josh. Now you're talking about you being late all the time. I'm saying that like when they bail, 
they may have like, I, I'm just for myself, I was always thinking like, well, I can just get another one of these jobs. There'll be other stock boys. There'll be other cashiers. Like I'm, 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 if I fuck this job up or if I don't care, there's a million more like it. And I think with experiential marketing, I don't know if these kids really understand that, you know, everyone's an influencer and everyone's a YouTuber and everyone's a this and everyone's that and everyone has great jobs and I'll just go be a sir. Like at the amount of kids I've heard, I'll just go be a server somewhere. I'm like, yeah, the, the, the serving industry is not what it once was. A lot of things got hurt and now there's more people competing for jobs. Uh, inflation is it, people are going out less because inflation's so high. Um, so just, you'll just be a server somewhere. Isn't, isn't really, they're always like, oh, I'll just go be a server. And like my, I've got a friend who's like a server and they make like 200, $300 on a Saturday. I'm like, yeah, on a Saturday, there's one of those a week. Also, your friends probably been there for a while and they, you know, like they, they're the ones who get the site like you don't get to just go into a place when everyone's competing and you get the best shifts and the best nights. You may go work as a server in a diner that's dead half the day. You know what I mean? Anyways. I'm, I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing young people for basically being the archetype of a young person. My, my point is that when it comes to experiential marketing, there's only so many companies and there are a lot of sharks in the tank. I'm very lucky that I've proven myself to be reliable because I'm at a point in my life now where even though I still view myself as like the class clown and the dog fucker employee, um, the guy who's just fucking off as they say in the States, um, I I've learned that I'm not like, I'll still, I'm not going to go crazy above and beyond, but I will make sure that everything goes off well. And I'm very adaptable and very resourceful. Um, but it's funny. These young kids will just bail on a gig. I'm like, Oh God, you're, you're hurting yourself bad because to be blacklisted on these, on these gigs, because you went out drinking and you think, ah, I just don't want to go into work. It's like, you can, you can rock one of these activations with a hangover. Like the work is not hard. Um, and, and you're not going to find other jobs where you can just walk in off the street with no prerequisites or anything like that and make $25 an hour. Um, minimum wage in Canada for anyone who's not aware is $14, at least in Ontario. And to, to make more, you know, to make, you know, almost 80, 90% more than minimum wage, um, is a big deal. Um, so to throw that away because you want to go out drinking and you're like, oh, I just can't do it. I'm like, I, I just, I, I think that sucks. That's why I say 90% of the job is just showing up because you always have day of shit where things go south and, uh, and then people don't show up. Um, so you want to make sure like, again, when it's myself, it's like, okay, can we do it? I want to, I want to basically have a plan how to operate at 50% capacity. Cause it's not like you're getting two weeks notice, you know, you will wake up and, and 30 minutes for a shift. Someone's oh, not, not coming in. Great. Well, we have, you know three stations and five reps, you know, so let's, okay, let's, let's adjust the stations to be like, like always be ready to work with less people. Um, a lot of marketing companies won't have backups either. It does happen from time to time where you have a backup. The only thing with the backup is you got to pay somebody for three hours of their day, even if you don't call them in. And uh, a lot of the places are, are getting cheaper. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, I, I, I had a good time meeting, uh, Sandy and Veronica. And I think that they were really, uh, put to ease very quickly that they had somebody who was like going to show up. Um, because again, uh, they said, they said they'd worked with people before and you never know if the reps are going to show up. The supervisors they hire, they've never done something like this before, blah, blah, blah. So, um, it, I, I'm very happy that to them, it was very apparent very quickly that they had someone that they could rely on. Um, so it went well, the first day sandwiches, coffee, cake, um, myself and all the BAs took home, I, I took home like four or five, no, three, three, um, 
sandwich trays. One of them I dropped off to my folks. One of them I dropped off to Crystal and the kids. The other one I dropped off on the table here for, uh, for the roommates, which was pretty cool because, uh, I guess Jason and some of the other people in town were going to a hockey game that night and everyone met here. So it was really cool. Basically everyone in the house plus their guests got fed for free as a result of this activation. So that's always nice when, you know, I don't like shit going to waste and there wasn't enough employees to eat all these sandwiches. Um, before they went bad. So it was really cool to feed my, my family, feed my, my roommates, feed their, their guests, um, as a result, um, next day, huge snowstorm, huge snowstorm the next day. Um, we were doing sort of like a grand, uh, this was going to be one that was like, I think 9am to five It was going to be a longer day, which was fine because at this point I'd actually gotten sleep. Um, these guys, uh, were doing like handout bags. So we had like 250 boxes, sorry, 250 bags that were in boxes. They only fit like four bags a box. So every customer that left the store would get this bag full of really cool swag stuff. Um, they would basically get two bags of snacks. So a bag of like, these were like healthy snacks from a brand called boom chicka pop. Um, so like one was a bag of popcorn. The other one was a bag of like basically cheesies, but they were like, you know, good, like, like good for you. Way less caloric, right. made with like actual ingredients, stuff like that. They were really good. Um, they also had like a, like a package of wet wipes in there from a brand that was like eco-friendly. Um, there was, uh, what else did they have? They had a bunch of coupons in there. I thought the coupons were gonna be like 25 cents off this 50 cents off that they were actually coupons for free products. So like try this, uh, raw natural dip, which we did. And it was fucking delicious. Um, try, you know, these, these sausages, get a free pack of sausages, get a free, I'm trying to remember what the third one was. Oh, get free packages of, uh, like Cavendish uh, potatoes products. So like fries or home fries or, you know, hash brown patties or tater tots, like things like that. Just a free bag. Um, they also had some of those, like, um, what was it like, like a uh, new finish or something. One of those brands of like dishwasher soap things, um, couple other things here and there. Um, but they were just cool. It was a cool bag of free shit. Um, they also had the little unstoppables from Downey, those things you throw in the wash and it makes everything smell good. Got those. And now I'm trying to think of where the fuck I put my unstoppables and I have no idea where I put them. Um, but anyways, as, uh, as one does during these marketing things, you know, myself and my team, we each grabbed a bag or whatever. If there was something in there, oh, there was a giant box of like fucking s'mores squares mix. Delicious. Um, so, uh, you know, we all traded with each other. Oh, I don't want this. Who wants it? I'll take that. I'll take your thing, whatever. So we all got a, a free bag of stuff and the customers got a ton of free to shit. Very, very happy about um, so I had a team, uh, giving those away. I also had people at the front door who were giving away again, coffee, uh, again from, from Tim Horton. So coffee and, uh, you know, Danishes from the store and they do this really cool artisanal pizza now at Metro, um, which before you go to a grocery store, like, Oh, grocery store pizza is going to be gross. This stuff was actually really, really cool. Um, and very tasty. So I was again back from the all inclusive and still getting just handed free food constantly. It was, a, it was a lot. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of whatever else, oh, sorry, microphones locked in place here. There we go. Um, in terms of other stuff, um, uh, what else, what else, what else do we have that day? I want to tell you guys all the things they were doing like a ribbon cutting and the, the mayor was there. So it's like grand reopening of Metro. They have all these new things. So there was like a lot of suits. So there are a lot of people from like Metro. It's a small town version of the store. It would be like going to a small town Starbucks or whatever, you know, it's like they got one, but having the president of Starbucks flying in, you're like, why would he come all the way here? So, um, the president of Metro's was coming, he never did, but they kept saying he was going to be there. But a lot of other people like regional managers for like all of Ontario and stuff like that showing up for us. So it was really, very really cool to see them do that. What, what phone? 
sorry, getting text messages and stuff. Um, so yeah, a lot of people there, they did like a ribbon cutting. They had like the, the mayor or whatever they have in a small town. I think it's mayors. Uh, they're, you know, doing a little speech, cutting ribbon, people taking pictures, whatever. Uh, so second day went great. That day there was like a snowstorm. So it was like, Ooh, we're not gonna have a lot of people in the door today. And I mean like a bad snowstorm, uh, but people still kept coming in. Uh, numbers were very, very quiet on the Friday. We did, um, more samplings. Uh, we did like dips and, uh, what did we do? Uh, it doesn't even matter. They, we did dips and more sampling things and, and whatnot. And I know that, um, they did a spin the wheel competition. So it was like literally 20 plus prizes. Um, the best prize being these hundred dollar visa gift cards. So like you spin the wheel, like no charges for coming in the store, spin the wheel, you win whatever you got, but they had everything from like, um, flowers and fruit, fruit trays and vegetable trays and, you know, frozen products and fresh pizza and all these different things that were all like coupons. You just go to the section and you redeem them in store, um, extra air miles, like all sorts of fun shit. And, uh, and I know that, uh, we gave away, I thought we, I thought we were supposed to, to give away all 20, but I guess they had shipped the person gave me the, the gift cards, uh, but they had shipped two stacks of, of 10 cards. And I thought that was just the budget. Cause a lot of other things had like 20, 20 different certificates. So it wasn't until we had given like 14 of them away that, uh, Veronica was like, uh, so did we give away all 10 cards? I'm like 10, we've given away 14. She's like, stop, stop, stop. They're for another, another town. Like the, the other 10 must, well, they're like, oh shit. They sent us the ones from the other one. So we're. I'm going to be shorting the next place that I'm at, but I'll be there to see the long faces. Um, so we gave, yeah, we were giving customers walk in. Some of them didn't even want to spin the wheel. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, spin it. And then they won the hundred dollar gift card. I'm like, wow, look at that. Imagine you had said no. Imagine I hadn't twisted your arm. You'd be paying for your own groceries today. Um, so it was fun, but people want all sorts of different stuff. People having a good time. It was great. Uh, more samples to be given away. And then Saturday. So the thing was, it was literally, literally like underwhelming Saturday and Sunday because, uh, Sandy had left after the Friday, um, and Veronica had left, uh, after the wheel on Saturday or sorry, sorry, Friday, Thursday, Sandy left Thursday, Veronica left. It's not super important to you guys, but the whole idea is that a lot of these activations, they, they go big on the weekends. And this one was just like, you come in the store and we were just giving away like, Hey, here's some free sample of like, uh, like baby carrots in this particular dip. Um, I know that we did, um, on Saturday we did uh chocolate cake. We, we did these, these lint chocolate, Swiss chocolate cakes. Um, so big shout out, big shout out to Jordan and her team in the bakery section at Metro and Arn Pryor. Um, Jordan, uh, was telling me she was the head of, of like, she was the manager of the bakery section. She was like 20, maybe, maybe 19. And she was like, yeah, I've been working here since I was 15 and I'm the manager now. Like she was incredible. So basically they were like, my, my boss's directions were like, Hey, um, make sure that you have them like take out these cakes in the morning. Cause they take a few hours to thaw. Like they're all frozen. They need to come out to be thawed. And I'm sitting here going, okay, like we've got the plates, we've got the forks, we have all the stuff that we need, but I'm like, like we only have, I think we had budgeted for like six, six cakes that day. And they're not super big cakes, but I'm like, well, how many, how big should I cut these pieces? I know if I'm freehand cutting these cakes, it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to look mangled or whatever. I'm like, so we don't, we can't have one of my reps just cutting a slice. Every time someone comes in, it's going to take forever. It's going to be a huge mess. So Jordan was like, well, do you want me to cut these for you? Do you want me to cut them in 12? Do you want me to cut them in 20? And I was like, what? She's like, well, we have this, this one that's like 10 slice, but I can do like, basically they're like these, these, these templates. You put this thing down on top of the cake and it puts little, little 
cutting dots in it so you can see how to cut it. And she was basically just, she'd mark it for 10 and then she would do a second cut through it. So she was a fucking bomb pro. Like she would cut this out. I was able to just put these little ladle things in and take these pieces out. So it was like, uh, like a, like a, a slice of cake, but it was like, you know, maybe only three quarters of an inch thick enough for you to taste it. But not to be like, oh my God, I'm so full of cake now. Like it was great. And so, uh, she gave me space to basically like prep all my, all my plates. So what I would do is I would, instead of doing it all at the front table, because there wasn't enough room for it, I would just prep everything back in the, the, the bakery section. So she let me come in. She gave me a st- station to work at everything like that. And I was basically just filling plates with cake and putting forks in them so that my team could just run from the front of the store to the back, load up another tray of slices of cake and then unload it at the front table. So one of them was working the table. One of them was running and I was cutting and, and divvying out cake. Um, so huge, huge shout out to Jordan intersection. They didn't have to go above and beyond for us. They had a million things that they were doing. Like Jordan was literally, dressing and doing cakes all day long, but she would still stop to like Mark and cut the cakes for me and, you know, put them out of the, 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 the freezer and everything. Like, like, um, I did not feel like a nuisance. I kept apologizing of course, cause I assumed like, listen, I keep asking you for things and I'm so sorry, but they were so good. So huge shout out to that. And for someone, again, I'm sitting here talking about people with bad work. I think Jordan was like 19 and she's like the manager of a, of a bakery section in a big store. Like you'd think that that would be to somebody, you know, a little bit older, but she worked hard, bust her ass. And I saw her work ethic, uh, the, the, the days I was there. So huge shout out, huge gratitude to them. Um, and then Sunday, finally, like all that we were doing was, um, there was a bunch of frozen f- seafood stuff, like, like tempura shrimp and, uh, uh, whatever, like bird's nest things and, and pot stickers, basically a lot of stuff I'm not a big fan of, but, um, we had to like bring down a little toaster oven too, which was the most irritating part is that you're transporting, you know, having to cook stuff, right? Like the Costco, you see like the difference between somebody who's like, you know, dolling out chips with a little bit of, you know, dip on them versus those people who have to like fucking cook a bunch of stuff and slice them up and measure temperature and all that shit. Um, it's just more set up. And again, I'm lazy. I, I confessed and admitted I am lazy and I did not, uh, was not looking forward to, uh, you know, having to, to, to do a bunch of cooking, but, um, Sunday was bread. So it was bakery section again. And, um, and we just sort of, we ran it through the slicer, uh, like both ways. So one way and then the other. So basically just slice the bread up into like these sticks, right? Like squares and shit like that. And, um, and then that's what we did for my team all day. So again, sometimes when someone like to slice bread, it was all just mangled. And we just put that in a, in a cup with some of the dip and, and gave them out that way. Um, to the point where like at the end of the day we had, we did have a lot of bread left over, but I brought, um, I brought at the end of the activation, I brought, um, all the assets with me because I will be going to Brantford at the end of the month to, um, to do a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the activation, the grand opening there. So I, I just said to Sandy and them, cause they were kind enough to ask me to do it. Um, I said like, I can save you some money and if I'm coming there anyways, I'll bring the stuff. And that way you don't have to pay to ship all this heavy shit. Like I'll save you a few hundred bucks. So, um, I packed the car and then I brought home bread and, uh, and dip and we watched the last of us episode three and the dips and the bread were a huge hit to the point where like the next day I even went back to the bakery, uh, locally here and asked and bought a loaf of bread and asked them, Hey, can you just stick it through the, the slicer two ways, stick it one way and then slice it through the other way. And it was great. Um, that's actually like, if you're going to buy bread for dipping, you know, like cheese bread or something like that, um, 
have them slice it both ways. You know, they'll make regular slices, but they'd be like, Hey, can you stick it back in the machine and slice it the other way? Um, because that makes a bomb diggity fucking loaf there, bud. Nice little dip and sticks. Um, so yeah, we watched the last of us episode three. That was, that was the whole activation for Metro. So I had a really good time. Uh, I've got all my little notes here. Frozen foods. Winter was definitely here. We had the spag bag, so much stuff to take home and big. Oh, I did want, I did want to just shout out, not that they'll ever hear it, but, uh, to Jason and David, the store manager, assistant manager, they were so amazing. They were so welcoming. They're so kind. Um, Jason, the store manager, um, was outside in the parking lot, also pushing carts. Like, I don't know if you've ever pushed a shopping cart through like three inches of snow, but it's like trying to drive on butter. Like nothing gets thing. It's like the, the wheels are, are basically plowing up snow in front of it, making it harder and harder to push. And this guy's store manager. He's got a nice warm office to be in and he's got little minions to do the work, but he's the kind of boss who like, you know, he'll tell you to do a job, but he does it himself too. You know what I mean? And I respect the shit out of that because a lot of bosses will be like, I'm the boss. He's, this guy's a leader and a huge shout out to him. And then David, uh, the assistant manager was amazing as well. Very helpful. Um, so lots of love and lots of gratitude to those guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for everything guys. Um, just in case anyone ever, ever hears this, they'll know that, uh, that they are appreciated. Um, Cut and cake. That might be one of the little descriptors for this one. You know, hey, cut and cake. Um, episode three of The Last of Us. What can I say? Um, oh, before I do that, I just want to say that I bought new wiper blades for my car, like having to go through the the snow storm, you know, and there's cars in front of you kicking up all the salt. Like I was going through um, wiper fluid, like nobody's business, but I was also like, like to the point where like, once you start wiping and you see that flap of plastic, I'm like, oh fuck. And it, and it, and it really goes from like a one inch piece to like a six inch piece flapping very quickly. So next to the Metro, there was a Canadian tire and uh, I went in and I bought like wiper. I even said to them, like, what are the, some of the, I go, are there really a difference in wiper blades? Like you can buy cheap ones or expensive ones, but at the end of the day is, are they also going to do that thing where like, you know, you're wiping and you can see like a big patch that it's missing, you know, every time I'm like, what are the ones that really just grab the windshield, hug it good and wipe it good. And the woman's like, well, these ones here are actually really good. They come in pairs though. So you need to do like the, both the, you know, the right and the left one. Um, cause they're different on the HRV the, there's a big one and a little one. Anyways, she's like, yeah, get them both. Uh, in this set, if you're okay with them, it's like, yeah, yeah, why not? If they go, if they're as good as you say they are, they're fine. You know, they're doing the job. Um, they're, they're whatever. I mean, I'm not unhappy with them, but just, I had to replace both blades and, um, you know, and may as well do them both at the same time. So, uh, these ones are supposed to be better. Um, the, I don't know if you've ever changed wiper blades. They're fucking tricky. Like, like opening it up and then figuring out how the hell you're supposed to. So I am proud to say I did it myself. She's like, have you ever done it before? I'm like, yeah, I did it a long time ago, but so long ago, I don't think I've done it on this vehicle, but I'm like, I just did them so long ago that it's like, I don't even remember how to do it. So like, you're trying to like move the thing, um, the, the, the blade off of it, but you're not sure what piece is like perma attached and what piece is just, um, part of the wiper blade. Cause I'm like, I put on a new one. So if I break something that's part of the blade, I'm fine. But if I break something that's part of the car and now I can't put a new blade on, I am happy to report that on my Honda HRV, it is a metal stick that comes all the way up and then just has like a little curved end. So just about everything on it is the wiper blade. So feel free to shut them off. Anyways, I figured out how to, how to fucking take them off, put them back on myself. Very, very happy. That was a big, uh, big win for, uh, for me. Let me tell you, instead of being like, I don't know much about cars. So anytime I can do the car thing myself, fill up my wiper fluid, jumpstart the vehicle with a, with a battery or fill up my tires, any of that little shit, you know, 
Uh, it helps. It helps diminish the guilt and feeling like a bitch whenever I have to ask a real man for help when it comes to the vehicle stuff. Like I said, very few things in this world uh, that I can at least contribute to a conversation. And sadly, uh, vehicles and how they work and how to fix them, not a thing. Um, so yeah. Um, Last of Us Part 3. We got home uh, Sunday, end of the activation. And uh, I had a, a good time with the family. We watched episode three of The Last of Us. It was an ex- episode where they talk about Bill and Frank, characters from the game. Frank, we never see in the game until a, a horrible moment. Um, again, talking about The Last of Us without spoiling it. Um, this was a part of the story that they they changed. If I say changed completely, no. But um, they changed the outcome and it's another one of those spoon feeding moments where they're really just making, making you the audience, you know, Oh, there's another opportunity to really show, to expose what's going to happen in the end to foreshadow. But it was just, um, I, I kind of, um, I, I enjoyed the storytelling. The problem that I have with it is that anyone who's never played the game, so they've never experienced that story. They are missing out big time. Um, cause I will say this in the game, in the game, Joel and Ellie are trying to find a battery or a vehicle, um, or so, yeah, they're trying to find a vehicle so they can get to his brother and try to find the fireflies. Um, when they arrive in Billstown, there's traps and stuff everywhere. Um, Joel and Ellie, uh, get into a bind and then Bill shows up right at the nick of time to, to save them. And then he's, you know saying to Bill, Hey, I need a car. He's like, Oh yeah, you need a car, blah, blah, blah. A little bit of back and forth, a little bit of attitude or whatever. This is Bill living all by himself in a town that he has booby trapped. Um, and his nature is just survive, 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 survive. No, no kindness, no courtesy, just, just survive, survive. Um, in this interaction though, Bill's even like, what are you doing with the kid? What's the story of the kid is like, you know, you know, uh, I gotta, I gotta take her somewhere and whatever. So, oh yeah. He's like, you know, does Tess, does Tess think that's a good idea whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and at this point, Bill is unaware that Tess has, has passed. And he goes, yeah, it was, it was her idea actually. And he's like, well, you know what? Caring about somebody will only get you killed in this world and blah, blah, blah. Like it's all just, just negative stuff. Right. And, um, Ellie is with him, of course, and Bill is, is constantly mouthing off at Ellie and Ellie's got a little bit of bite to her. So she's always mouthing off at Bill. And then, you know, the, the three of you go out, set out together to go find this battery, because according to Joel and uh, seemingly accepted by Bill is that Joel or Bill owes Joel one. You owe me one. So in the game, I'm speaking specifically about the game. Um, it's like, it's, it can't be the same as the game because you're playing through, you know, the, the going to find the battery and fighting all these zombies on the way is an excuse, you know, to play the game that gives you content to play. So I do get that you can't have it exactly the same, but there was a real interesting dynamic between Joel and Ellie in the game in this part, because, uh, Ellie and Bill are constantly at each other and Joel plays this sort of father breaking up two kids fighting with each other. So it sort of put him in this, I don't want to say paternal necessarily, but it definitely put him as in this authoritarian sort of spot and just trying to cut them out. And, and Ellie seemingly like listening to Joel, but she didn't listen to Bill. So it was kind of interesting to see that she seemed to have more respect for Joel than Bill. Um, and you know, it just had him sort of, you know, breaking the kids up aspect. There was a lot of very charming back and forth between the characters. Um, and, uh, it was just nice to see, 
It was really nice to see, and it added to the story. Also, there was a juxtaposition that you eventually find out that Bill had been with someone named Frank, and Frank didn't appreciate that Bill's only priority was to survive and not live, so to speak. And because Bill was predisposed to surviving, whatever, he wasn't respecting his partner. He wasn't showing any interest in that. And it was just cold shut down. So eventually Frank leaves Bill and now Bill is just alone and he's, he's, he's bitter about the Frank thing, but his whole thing is, yeah, you know, you try to love somebody and they'll just leave you and blah, 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 blah. So Joel's character being someone who's like, doesn't want to have any ties, right? Cause the last person he cared about was you know, killed his daughter, his brother, whom he loved is, is gone. And, uh, even Tess who in the game, we don't know if they actually have a relationship. Um, you know, we just know that they're partners. So they just colleagues or what, um, Tess is even gone, but Tess, you know, Tess is the one who charges him with like, you, you take her regardless. So he's even just doing that out of respect. So this is an opportunity for Bill or for, sorry, for Joel to see what can happen to somebody if they just continuously stay in the survivor's mentality without a little bit, you know, of, of love or whatever. Um, so it was an interesting juxtaposition to see like just Bill, just, just angry, bitter, loner to the extreme, just wants to survive, live in this, this, this burned out old city with traps everywhere and just, just not, um, not living, right. Just surviving. Right. So, which is of course, you know, a, a, an extreme of, of what he's turned himself into. So there was a lot in the, the game that advanced the characters, you know what I mean? It had a lot of advancement for them. Whereas in the show, um, you get the story of bill. Um, you actually, it almost serves no purpose. I would venture to say it is a nice story, but in the show you're getting, um, Bill and Frank's story because Tess yells, go get her, get her to Bill and Frank, get her to Bill and Frank. They'll know what to do. Oddly. I don't know if she said they'll know what to do, but just get her there. The game you go to get a vehicle and Bill owes you one. In the show, you're going there because somehow Tess just said, go, go to Bill and Frank. They'll know what to do or they'll help you out or whatever. And so we get a story of Bill who was that survivalist loner very temporarily. And then he finds Frank and you see the two of them fall in love and it's very nice and sweet. And then it, and then it smash cuts to a scene of, of Frank flying out the front door, yelling at Bill. Yes, you, you've had, I've had enough of this. And, and, and as a person who played the game, you're watching, going, okay, here's where they leave each other. And we're going to get that part of the story. And it never happens. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but, um, they tell a different story. One where Ellie and Joel never have those experiences with Bill. Ellie never meets Bill. And a huge part of the character growth was lost. Now, was the story that they told nice? Sure. But it changed the characters. Bill is not the Bill from the game. Um, and to me, that was a very important part of Joel's growth. Instead, it's just a plot device to have at the end of the episode, him say, Joel, when you love somebody, you got to protect them and take care of them. And it's just, um, it's continuing this beating the audience over the head with the idea that Joel is being forced to care for Ellie in the game. We saw it organically through interactions and, and whatever in the show, we're not getting these interactions. Instead, we're just getting a, a, a speech 
at the end of every, every episode, right before someone, you know, goes, they give a big long winded speech about finding someone and loving them. And, um, it's less, the show has been consistently less than what the story in the game was. And I think that maybe it's odd because I don't think gamers are particularly intelligent. We're talking about people who are still a lot of times in school. You haven't done English literature classes where you learn symbolism and character arcs and things like that. Yet the story of the first last of us was not lost on anyone. Everyone got the symbolism, the juxtapositions, all these different things, um, about the characters. And in the TV, they're taking away the real depth of the characters and just beating you overhead with simple shit. Um, was it a nice story? Yes. Um, but I believe that it could have existed that nice story and still given some interaction with the characters, because like I said, to, to Ellie and Joel's character development, um, them being with Bill and fighting their way through the city showed them something. It showed Joel what, what, uh, what path he could be on. If he just continues to wall himself off from people, he too could lose the people that care about him. Um, you know, he has lost already, but he could continue to be out in the game. The last thing Bill says to him, like they get the battery and now Joel and, and Ellie have a vehicle that they can get away in. And after they've been through a bunch of shit, um, you know, Bill hands Joel, a uh, a, a tube and says here to siphon some gas. He goes, Oh, you know, thank Bill. I appreciate that. Like he's being good. And then Bell, Bill just looks at him and goes, we square. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're square. Like you could tell like Joel's got a little bit of emotion there. They've just been through something together, but you know, Bill's like, are we square? And he goes, yeah, we're square. He goes, all right, get the fuck out of my town. So like, you could just see that bill is still like, there's no like, Hey man, you're all I've got. You're the only friend I have left. Nothing like that. No, no care, no love. It's just this, this hardened walled off person. And it was like, you could even see Joel, like for the first time trying to be like, you know, a little bit kinder and grateful and just a little more human with some gratitude and things like that. Instead of just being like, everything's just business. Everything's just a transaction. You know what I mean? It was, um, it was nice to see that, but bill still hard. And like I said, that juxtaposition, um, made a difference for the characters in my eyes. Um, it's been completely removed from the show. Um, the, that whole interaction with the three of them, uh, will never happen. And I think that the audience who were just watching the show are, are losing out on a huge part of the growth for that. Um, that symbolism is all gone in exchange for a letter that just says, Hey, when you love someone, take care of them. Like, yeah, I get it guys. We all get it. We see the foreshadowing. Yes. Joel is going to take care of Ellie. Thank you. Last of us three. Nice story. Uh, hurts the source material. I'm sure there's people who read books all the time and then see a movie and go, Oh man, there was so much better shit. They could have put it in. And my ignorant answer will into the movie. I'll go, Hey, that was a good movie. You know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure there's always more in the source material, but it's interesting that instead of it being like a book, right? Cause like books, books, your imagination is, you know, you can, you're free when characters look a certain way in your mind. And then when you see who they have, you're like, Oh, that doesn't look like that person at all. Um, so I can see it with books, um, where there's more of like, I have to, you know, you'll have to agree to disagree because you know, that location that you saw in your head doesn't exist in reality, you know, and what worked for you isn't going to work for someone else. But when we all saw the game, when the visuals were there in the game, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's different. The dialogues there, like the, the faces, everything it's, it was really, um, really interesting to see, uh, what they decided to do. And while they did tell an interesting story and would have been great, I don't mind if a show goes deeper, tell us some things that we didn't have the first time. It's when you change shit. Um, I really, I felt like the entire change was basically just like, look, you can, you can find happiness in a post apocalyptic world. Um, but 
I, I think that there's uh yeah. Anyways, watch, watch it. It's, it's very nice. It's, it's, it's very nice. It's a side, it's a side story that in my opinion, and here's why is Joel and Ellie never saw what we saw. So that story is all for the benefit of us. And their story doesn't change Joel and Ellie's story. Um, the letter they received the message, Hey, when you find someone, love them, um, doesn't change anything for Joel and Ellie. And those are our protagonists and they're the ones who are going to have difficult choices and things coming up. So I, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep watching it, but, um, I got to tell you guys, if any one of you guys are out there gamers or you're willing to pick up a controller, there's one hell of a story in that game. Um, and, and that's why we have an HBO show. Um, had the story been the same as, as, um, what we're seeing in the show with just extra parts where you're killing people. I don't think I'd really give a shit about it. Um, I think that the characters are way less complex than they were in the game. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, last of us. Hey, we'll, we'll keep watching. We'll see where we end up. Um, finally, before I let you guys go, cause I see I'm at the 47 minute mark. Uh, my, my friends, Jimmy and Mika took me out to dinner for my birthday at a place called chop. It's a nice steakhouse. Um, we had a wonderful meal. I got to, ch- to catch up with my buddies. We're all the same age. I have lots of friends uh, of varying ages through stand up and stuff like that, but these are the guys, uh, who are my buddies. We were, we've been, uh, you know, friends since, uh, since we first, but you know, since before we all started working jobs and, um, you know, before we had significant others, before we had children, um, before we had aches and pains from being old. And it was really nice to sit down and just have a meal and, and talk about what was going on with us and see if these guys are having the same experiences that I am and whatever. And it was great. It was really nice to just spend some time with, with my, my two best friends. And I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Huge thank yous to, to Mika and Jimmy, uh, for taking me out. Um, I don't remember what kind of steak I had. I had a delicious, delicious steak. Um, had some Brunet sauce, some nice seasonal vegetables. We tried a tuna thing. I don't think I'd ever tried. It was like raw, like tuna tart, tuna tartare or something like that. I don't, I can't be sure that it was tuna tartare, but it was like, you know, like raw, raw tuna, whatever. It was very tasty, much better tasting than I would have thought. Uh, cause I do not really care for fish or sushi or seafood or any of that stuff, but it was quite delicious to try. Um, had me a pineapple upside down cake, I believe for dessert it was delicious. Really enjoyed myself, really enjoyed myself. Good convos with the guys. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I was the last one to be willing to get up and leave. I was having too good a time having too feeling way too damn good. It was great. It was great. 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 Um, again, big thank you to Jimmy and Mika for that. I'm so sorry that my rendition of my dinner was shorter, but it was just us talking about like old guy stuff, stuff that might not be relatable to you. Just, you know, this hurts and that hurts and finding a doctor for this and these meds and what's things like we were talking, I was talking about everything from like, what's anxiety like to, you know, uh, our trip and just the things that were happening on the trip. Um, you know, just life stuff. It was, it was great. It was great. And, uh, I was so present there that I just had a, a really great time. I was really, really happy, really, really happy and super grateful. And it was one of those like, Hey guys, we don't do this enough. I'd, I'd like to do it more. So, um, huge thanks to them. Um, best part of my week. Um, that was on Friday night. So it was literally like three days of the activation, then a nice dinner and then into the weekend to, to finish it off. But just having that dinner with the guys was, was great. I, uh, I really enjoyed that. Right. And I got to spend a nice night with my family watching the last of us on Sunday night. And, uh, I honestly can't tell you what the fuck I did Monday. I wasn't sure what I did Monday. I probably did a whole lot of nothing. It was my first day to just decompress, probably unpacked, did my laundry, put everything back to together. Um, but thoroughly loved, uh, thoroughly loved my dinner. Okay. So 
that's it. Also this week, uh, I had status matched more. So I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if my Caesars diamond had come in, but I matched, uh, I got my, my Caesars diamond status and I had my resort fees waived. That made me very, very happy. Um, I believe it was that week. Anyways, if not, I didn't mention the proper week, um, status match with a bunch of other companies, my Wyndham diamond. In fact, I status matched my Wyndham diamond and I used that, um, after chatting with Sandy to book the Brantford, uh, week. So I've an entire week booked with, uh, you know, Wyndham, uh, in the area and the, the cost is really, really good. Um, I'll get a bunch of free amenities, uh, as a Wyndham diamond member. And of course, uh, free room upgrade fingers crossed. So I'm just gonna say, Hey, what's the best room I can get with my diamond status. And hopefully it is like a nice suite or something like that. Cause it would be, I'm going to be there for a week. So in my off hours, I would really like to be able to enjoy the, uh, amenities and a little bit more space to move around in and stuff like that. I would be very, 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 very happy with a suite. Um, so yeah, coming up, coming up, coming up next week. Um, I got a birthday dinner with the family coming up that I'm really looking forward to, even though I've already lived it and had it and experienced it at this point in the podcast, I'm looking forward to that birthday dinner and there's, you know, more, more work coming up. I've got another weekend full of winter lewd gigs in the horrifically forecasted negative temperatures. So tell you all about that in episode 301. Um, I do want to mention that I am going to be performing stand-up comedy. Very excited about that because I, I don't do it as much as I'd like to uh, anymore, just being so busy with other things. I would like to say that I am at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa. I will be hosting March 21st through the 26th, of 2023, and headlining May 23rd through the 28th. So you can get your tickets at absolutecomedy.ca, or if you want to call for reservation, 613-233-8000 is the phone number. Um, I do not know who I'm hosting for, but I will be headlining and my host will be Matt Davis from Birmingham, Alabama. Great comic, great friend. Love that guy. Um, I'd also like to plug, um, the founder's card. My founder's card is what got me my, um, Hilton gold status, my Caesars diamond status. The founder's card is an amazing product for business owners, but even if you're not a business owner, they're probably totally accept you. Um, just per se that you are, I guess. Um, they don't ask for any verification. At least they didn't ask me, but, um, yeah, uh, the founder's card basically upgrades your status with shitloads. Uh, you get free status upgrades with shitloads of brands. Um, Caesar's diamond costs something like between 25,000 and $50,000 worth of spending or slot play to achieve. Um, the founder's card is available for $495 through my link in the description. Uh, that is us. But, um, just for what it's worth alone, um, the Caesars diamond status, right? It's one of the things that you get automatically for your membership. Um, the Caesars diamond status, uh, what it did for me, I've got a trip that I'm taking my mom for her birthday in, uh, May, uh, sorry, April, April 4th, we're leaving for Vegas. We have a week worth of, of, um, a week worth of, of stays. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm trying to remember what's happening in what episode and what I've talked about, what I haven't week worth of stays. And every single night in Vegas, if you're staying in Vegas, almost every single place has resort fees, it's about 45 bucks uh, on average a night. So about $350 alone in just the resort fees. Um, Caesar's diamond status, no resort fees. So I paid four ninety five for the card and I immediately dropped $350 worth of, of room fees plus tax. Um, the, uh, another benefit is you get a hundred dollar meal. Uh, voucher, right? They call it an anniversary meal, but they give you a hundred dollars worth of food and, uh, and drink, uh, credit on their property. That's another hundred bucks. I'm at four fifty. Um, I'm actually going to be going on a status match tour in, um, 
what is it? Uh, I guess the middle of the month, February 15th, I leave. And when I'm matching to different, different companies or whatever, um, I'm going to be getting free vouchers and stuff like that. Free meals, uh, comp stuff, um, Vegas, um, valet parking and parking at any Caesars property is free when you're diamond. So you don't have to pay for parking. That's a lot of money. And if I want to go to any Caesars property, just flash my diamond card when I get there and you can, you can get a valet, um, to park your vehicle for you. And, um, yeah, so it, there's, there's a ton of stuff. So all I'm saying is that, but you can match your Caesars diamond status with cruise lines, with other hotel chains. I did that with my, my Wyndham. So I'll be getting free upgrades to suites and I don't have to pay for it because I'm a Caesars diamond and in turn, uh, Wyndham diamond. I'll tell you more about it, but all I'm saying is if you're somebody who travels, you up your game, like nobody's business. So instead of being like, Oh, I don't want to pay for that thing. I'll just go and I'll buy bigger rooms for me and my kids. Are you fucking crazy? Get a card that's going to pay you back. You're also going to save money on, on Stripe and Zoom and Amazon services and Shopify services. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, but the link is in the description. If you're a traveler, I would, I would highly recommend you clicking on it. The regular price is $595 plus a $95 application fee. My link will give it to you for $495. So it's a hundred dollars off the price and there's no application fee and they'll even kick back some, uh, some points to the podcast. So it's a way for me to help you save money and up your game everywhere you go. And, um, and save some money. There's also the Neo card, Neo MasterCard. Neo is a is a 100% free card to own. There is no fees of any kind on the card, and you get instant instant cash back at hundreds of thousands of locations in Canada. It's not waiting for a check at the end of the year or waiting for cash back at the end of the month or anything like that. You spend at places, you get you got the the money back instantly. Upwards, some places are as high as 20% instant cash back. So Neo is a free card. If you sign up with the link in the description, they even give you 25 bucks for free that you can spend. Um, and again, they kick money back my way. So again, I would never ask any of my listeners to sign up for a card that, that is dangerous. I used to work for the company. The card itself is absolutely fine. Um, I still use mine. I actually used mine in Metro when I was doing this gig because I get uh, 2% instant cash back at Metro, which is not a lot, but considering that, um, we were buying all of the product that we were using for sampling. And then the company was reimbursing me like within 24 hours. Um, I probably spent a thousand to $1,500 on my card in, in purchases, but because I was getting 2% cash back. I mean, that was what, uh, on a thousand bucks, it was $20. So I probably got $30 extra back just for using my Neo card. And then of course, when I was paid back, I just paid it off. So, you know, made $30 just for using my Neo card already back, uh, instantly. So, Hey, Hey, um, but there's a link in the description for that. And finally, if you try, if you like to travel and you want to save as much money as possible, um, skip lagged, the link is in the description. You skip lag when booking your flights, it searches all the flight costs for you and has all of the best prices available. So use skip lag, my link in the description and, uh, and you can book some flights and you might think, Oh, I use hopper. Or I use sky scanner. Um, this is still the cheapest. It uses all the same resources as those guys. And that has even additional ones in their own. So, um, those are the links in the description. Click on them. If you have any questions, contact at one man podcast.com. I'm always happy to answer your guys' questions. Make sure that you feel comfortable in uh, what it is that you're you know, signing up for. I don't want you guys to feel like, oh, well, he's trying to sell me something, but I don't want to just ask. By all means, ask. Um, I use all of these things. I would never suggest anything to you guys that I don't use myself. Um, so I hope you had a great week. Thank you for tuning into episode 300. As I mentioned, it's not exactly the 300th, at least not right now until I get all the old episodes done. Um, wish I had a bigger celebration for you guys, but hey, I just got back from my 40th birthday. Uh, first time in Mexico, first time someone were on my birthday. So for me, the celebration was that. Um, 
I hope you guys enjoyed that episode when it gets posted. I'm going to record it with Crystal and, uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. I love, I love when she's on the podcast because you guys love when she's on the podcast. So send me anything you guys want. Let me know your thoughts on, on anything I've talked about. Um, happy to hear from you guys. And of course, as always, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rinds, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in nothing. Wanna put my tender heart in a blender, watch it spin round to a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. I burn, burn like a wicker cabinet. Close, tie me to the bedpost I alone am the one you don't